Welcome to the Joy Revolution Podcast. My mission here is for you to find your unique inner genius and to live out a life in your full potential. We are all looking for this ultimate state of joy and most of us are trying to get there in very inefficient ways. Conversation by conversation, we will uncover the multiple blocks we harbor that keep us small and block us from well-being and abundance. I am your host, my name is Isabel. I am a holistic psychologist, a certified intuitive eating counselor and a breathwork teacher. So I invite you to take a cup of tea or coffee, do be safe if you're driving and let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome again to this podcast. This episode is titled Overcoming Burnout by Going to the Root Cause. And as you know, I kind of do a lot of things, but the main theme of everything is that I help you truly, truly untangle the very root cause of what your pattern is. And with burnout, I'm quite familiar as I am actually prone to burnout. I didn't know that until I started my own business because it is something that just really faces you with all your limiting patterns, your blocks, your subconscious beliefs. So burnout is something that I help women to overcome by going to the root cause. And one of my clients who just finished a four-month coaching program was open to sharing her experience with burnout, with the coaching, with how she perceives um her situation as well. So she's a female leader at Microsoft living in Washington and we had an amazing trajectory. We started before Corona, Corona, using my French accent, Corona, Corona. Anyway, we started before it all happened. So that added an extra level of challenge as I am very aware of the fact that many people who are prone to burnout have suffered additional stressors and um, an increased risk situation actually to burn out even more because right now there's not only the challenges at work, there's combining it as women with the challenges at home, with childcare, which often still is something that the woman will naturally take responsibility for more so than the man. So there's many things that have been going on in addition to the obvious stressor of having a global worldwide pandemic and that does nothing good to our nervous systems whatsoever. So we are resilient, of course, as humans. Now, the thing is that most of us who are prone to burnout have a less resilient nervous system we have deep stress and this is often a pattern that has been formed in childhood it may sound cliche but this is basically what it comes down to and the stress that has been put on your nervous system at that point in time that you have not been able to work through impacts you all throughout your life now you can go to the most burnout friendly organization have the best benefits, have the most burnout sensitive team members, all you want. If you do not yourself know what the root cause of your patterns is, you will keep doing it to yourself. And so, yeah, I'm over the moon excited to just present Domina to you. And if you are someone who struggles with recurring burnout and who copes, and by coping, I mean 
what we tend to do, a lot of the coaching and even self-development articles that you may read will tell you strategies to cope. Take your holidays, take rest at the end of the day or in the beginning of the day, do something nice for yourself. A lot, a lot of things to be able to cope with the stress of your pattern. But nobody talks profoundly about why you have the pattern in the first place. And if you don't go to that level, all you'll be able to do is cope. And many people cope all throughout their lives. But do you want to cope or do you want to thrive? Now, thriving happens when you put aside all those coping mechanisms and just for a, a while, go deep within your most hidden, darkest aspects of self, the things that you haven't thought about in 20 years or more, the things that have helped you develop into the person with the patterns that you have today. And when you understand them, do the necessary things to change them, to unlock them, to transcend them, and this is a mind-body-soul approach that I have, then people, we see them thrive instead of coping. We see them automatically by nature because they value themselves taking the right decision because they feel it in their body, not because their head is telling them to do so, not because the head is, or articles or logical sense is telling you to do so, so you have to do it. We talk a little bit about that distinction in the podcast as well. I hope you enjoy this beautiful session. If you're someone who struggles with burnout, I do have two spots for this summer. So they're opening now and I work in four months packages or six months packages with burnout. And I just absolutely adore working in that deep one-to-one capacity with women because it is such a profound, impactful thing to do on a societal level as well. As women, we are childbearers. As women, we, for our children, provide the structure, the love, the care. But on a psychological level, more than that, our nervous system, our programming, our unhealed wounds are directly given to our children. If we do not take a step back, untangle them and do the healing work, then we are giving them the gift of our pain. And that's okay. That's the way the world functions. But every single time a woman comes to me and changes the trajectory of their life by changing the root cause of their patterns, I know that the life of their children has changed, their family has changed, their whole future has changed. So without further ado, here comes Domina McQuaid. Welcome to the podcast, Domina. Super excited to be here. Yay, me too. I'm really happy to welcome you. And let's dive right into it and tell us a little bit more about who you are and what your work is as a female leader. Yeah, well, Domina McQuaid is my name. Um, I'm a recruiter. I've been a recruiter for about eight years and I've been at Microsoft for about five years. Um, and over the last couple of years at Microsoft, I've been sort of going down the leadership path. And currently I'm on a, a stretch role, which is um, sort of a temporary role um, as a people manager. So I've been a new people manager during, during coronavirus. Mm. <laughs> um, which has been interesting. Um, and other than work stuff, I'm, I'm a mom to a four-year-old little girl who's mm. wild and charismatic and 
I'm married and have a dog and family, friends, and life is a little chaotic, but great. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And yeah, indeed, you had like quite a challenging role to kind of manage during Corona and you did such a great job. We started our coaching before Corona, right? There was no speaking of it at all in February. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, And that was for totally different reasons. So you are very successful, but we spoke about how on the inside and behind closed doors, you were struggling with recurring fatigue and even burnout cycles. Are you willing to share more about this with us, what you were going through and what led you to ultimately look for some deeper support in this arena? Absolutely. Um, So for me personally, I didn't know it at the time, but I've been burning out since probably college, maybe even before that. I, Mm. uh, probably my whole life, (laughs) but, Mm. um, when I joined the workforce, it was almost like clockwork every year and a half or so. Um, I would start a new role, kind of go all in like immersed in it. And I'd I'd perform really well, but I could only maintain that pace for about uh, a year and a half to two years. So every year and a half to two years, I'd get really burnt out um, to the point where I'd look for a new job. Um, And then uh, about three years ago, um, I probably had the most severe burnout of my life. And I I went to this um, wellness retreat and um, it, it was kind of like an epiphany for me that I realized that it wasn't the companies doing this to me. It was me doing it to myself. Mm. And that, you know, switching companies or switching jobs just wasn't the answer. Um, And so I kind of went down this journey of like, um, you know, trying to take care of myself. I I learned the term burnout and it described what I've been doing to myself (laughs) for years. And, um, and so after that retreat, it worked for a little while. um, And, but I'd still, I'd still burn out, not as bad. And I'd catch it a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I was still doing it and, um, I had brought it to, there's a lot of people at Microsoft that, that mentor me and, uh, the GM of recruiting, um, in a mentor session told me to write a guide to myself. Um, mm-hmm. like, so I don't, that I could refer back to it. And so I don't burn out. And so I did, and I ended up, uh, posting it on LinkedIn cause I saw so many other recruiters that were burning out and. Uh, posting it was like the scariest thing because mm-hmm. it's like my biggest flaw and like shared it with the world that I almost like panicked and retracted it but I'm really glad <laughs> I didn't the vulnerability because, hangover yeah, pretty yeah yeah I have those moments of bravery and then I panicked yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um so I I am glad I did because a lot of people reach out to me a lot of working moms saying they struggle with the same thing but um there was one comment on the article that um, really stood out to me and it was, it was your comments. Um, and we didn't know each other at the time, mm. but um, you had said something, I can't remember exactly what you said, but you said something like people that burn out repeatedly. It's um, it's typically cause they don't feel good enough. Mm. Um, I don't even know if you remember commenting. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, at the time I was like, wow, that's a, that's an insightful comment for, from a stranger on LinkedIn. And so I looked you up, you know, being the recruiter, I, I looked at your profile and um, I realized that you specialize in this and, you know, we sort of organically started talking and um, 
and I, we did an intro session and I decided to work with you because I was kind of already on this burnout journey. Um, but I, I couldn't figure it out on my own. I, um, and in hindsight, it was because I wasn't dealing with the core issue. I was, um, you know, just trying to like put like systems in place to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to cope with it instead of dealing with the core issue. Yeah. Beautifully said. What did you learn on that retreat? What were the things that was taught to you the first time you looked for help in that wellness retreat? Yeah, the biggest takeaway for me is just that I was putting um, everything ahead of myself, work, Mm. um, you know, my daughter, my husband, friends, family, even acquaintances, like, and people Mm. that like aren't, you know, super impactful for my life. So I was, I was just constantly it trying to prove that I was good enough in work and prove that I was good enough um, to all people, which was like exhausting me. And, and I wasn't even doing the basics, like making sure I got enough sleep or eating well, or, you know, mm-hmm. exercising and des- dissipating stress or eat. So I just basically was putting everything ahead of myself. And I realized the one takeaway from the retreat is that like, I need to take care of myself first to be, mm-hmm you know, even better at my career and my, uh, as a mom and wife and mm. as, you know, all of those things, if you don't take care of yourself, you really can't be great for everything else in your life. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Beautiful. And so that taking care of self, I mean, it's something we all try to do so well, right? Everybody knows self-care. Everybody's like, we should do this and this and this and that, but somehow we don't end up doing it consistently. Was that then your experience that that was kind of what I hear why you started working with me was like, I really know what to do, but somehow I'm just not doing it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. I catch it sooner, but I, I wasn't successfully like, yeah, I just, I couldn't do it on my, by myself. There was like some missing links, it turns out. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. So how often do you think you see this happening in the workplace where you are? Because I know from statistics that women burn out actually three times more often than men. Do you experience this as well? Do you see that? Do you see patterns arising? I do. I see it a lot. Um, especially in working moms, but men too. Um, you know, I think in particular to women, it's, you know, you have your, your, your job um, where the expectations are exactly the same as like, you know, a man. And then at home, women typically do, I see a lot of times where, you know, some, some women I work with, they're doing all of the childcare, all the cooking, like all like the logistics of the household, like doctor, dentist, you know, vacation planning, birthday party planning. And so mm-hmm. I think a lot of the homework falls on women and so they're kind of doing double duty. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing is now that I know more about it and I, I can spot it really easily in other people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think in particular, um, it, I see it a lot at Microsoft because people get kind of intimidated when they first come here and Um, they see like this big company and, and it takes a while to ramp because it's so big and, and lots of acronyms and it's, you know, it just takes time to ramp up. And, Mm -hmm. and I think it's also common in recruiting because recruiting is sort of like a, a 24 seven gig. Um, well, I mean, it doesn't have to be, um, people think it is, but it doesn't, it doesn't (laughs) have to be, but that's one thing thing I've learned is like, you can set boundaries and you're not 
yes, saving babies or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So they kind of, it's easy to override your basic needs. You have to kind of be a really strong centered person within your own worth to be able to stay close to yourself. That's what I'm hearing with these expectations with, of course, Microsoft, where you really like when you get in Microsoft, everybody's like, yes, you know, they want to work hard. Um, it's easy to lose oneself. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and there's not a lot of like micromanaging done at, at Microsoft. And mm. so, um, I think that you really have to kind of put up those, those boundaries for yourself and not bite off more than you can chew trying to like, you know, get really ahead. excel. Yeah. Get yeah. ahead. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like it is a women friendly culture in a way? And by that, I mean, are things, so by women friendly, I mean the opposite of getting ahead is kind of valuing cooperation and connection and not necessarily, you know, striving for more and better, but really connecting deeper. Are these things that are present in, in Microsoft to your experience or is there growth needed there? Because I sense that very often. What I know from experience as well is that women often cannot employ their natural abilities at the workplace. What do you think when I say that? So I've worked at companies where I know exactly what you're, you're talking about. You almost have to like hide that personal life that you're, you're, you have going on. But um, I'd say of any company I've worked for and um, you know, many of our competitors, Microsoft is the, the hands down the most um, uh, conscious and uh, has just so many things in place to, to make working moms successful. Um, mm -hmm you know, I think part of it is not even like, there's a lot of benefits like backup daycare that you can, you can call them at midnight or, you know, 6am in wow. the morning if your childcare falls through and they'll find you a place and, yeah. um, or they'll send a nanny to your house. Um, so, uh, you know, during COVID they offered full paid leave. Um, they, uh, switched around the back hair, backup daycare. So, um, you could, have a hundred dollars cash instead of um having to send your kid to a stranger so you could use mm -hmm. like you know a family member or someone you felt comfortable with um you know there's flexible hours which helps you know yeah. um and and just it's a family friendly culture a lot of the leadership team has kids and so it's the first place i've worked where i don't have to feel bad about you know uh if my kid's sick or if there's a snow day um you know during coronavirus like I've seen kids on, on, uh, our teams called all mm. the time or, you know, like maternity and paternity leave. There's certain companies that have that benefit. That's good, but they're mm. like, you're almost like a little bit ashamed to take the full thing. Whereas like at Microsoft, everyone takes it, you know, they encourage you to take your vacation time. Um, they, uh, they really focus on mental health a lot, um, mm. especially during COVID time. So, I mean, I think they're, they're literally doing everything I can possibly think of to, mm -hmm. to help people with families and working moms. Um, so I think they're really a leader in that space. Mm, that sounds amazing. Yeah. That's a lucky place to end up as a woman then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a good it, advertisement. It, I know, right? I wasn't even trying, but it, 
like I truly feel like it gives me the opportunity to have a successful career, but also yes. be a good mom at the same time. Mm, yeah. And that's so important because who wants to choose between like, why should we have to choose? Yeah, exactly. And the funny thing is, is it wasn't any manager or leader or that was putting pressure on me to like work more. It was me literally doing it to myself, trying yes. to, to prove myself, I, I realized. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So how have you changed throughout the coaching? So in what way has it influenced how you live your life, but also how you are a leader and what your successes may be? Yeah, it's, it's completely changed me and, um, it's, it's helped me both personally, um, you know, with like my marriage, my, me as a mom, but it's also helped me professionally. Like, um, some of the, my manager, my skip manager noticed a change and I actually disclosed to them, um, what I was doing kind of towards the tail end. And, um, and they both told me there was a noticeable difference. And, Honestly, being a new people manager during COVID, I don't think I would have been as successful without this coaching. I think um, the stars kind of aligned to where, you know, we started right before COVID and right before I got this stretch roll to be a new manager. Mm -hmm. And um, I can't think of a better time to have that extra support and learn the tools to, to just help me take care of the root issue mm -hmm. um, and, and just realize I can't really control anything just how i react to situations and during a really difficult time i i thrived which is weird to say but yeah. um yeah i just i'm paying more attention to my body i i'm prioritizing my mental health and um and in, i'm prioritizing it for my team too not just me like i'm i'm encouraging people on my team to take time off you mm. know not work weekends um i had a, a heart to heart with someone on my team where i I know that person like underlying doesn't feel good enough and um, you know, had like a more in-depth conversation than I would have about it. And mm. so it's, it's just, it's helped me tremendously during a, a difficult time. Mm, beautiful. And also leading with other people. That is so amazing. Yeah. So how did you, how did you get to, in, in your words, how did you get to overcome that feeling of not being good enough and break that pattern in your experience? How did you feel that you were overcoming that? I think it's like a new awareness. I didn't know what was causing me to burn out, um, but it was connecting the dots of why I was burning out. Like, um, and uh, uh, just to be totally transparent, like for me, it was, I, I was, ashamed of um my mom and um so you know i kind of covered for that my whole life mm -hmm. so in you know in school i would just try really hard and do well in school and then in the in my professional life in my career i was um kind of trying to cover up that shame by proving that i was good enough to to everyone and, and anyone and yeah. um and so for me it was just connecting the dots and understanding why i do it mm -hmm. um and, and trying to work on that issue. And that's been the game changer for me. Mm. The understanding and the insight was really powerful for you. Kind of someone who showed you, this is where it probably lies. Exactly. And, mm. and, and, and also like understanding, it was one of our first sessions actually, but understanding what would happen if I don't change, you know? Mm. Um, like what my relationship with my daughter would be like, what my mm. relationship with my husband would be like, because you know, typically people that have this problem, like there's no amount of 
money or title or success that like fulfills that feeling of not feeling good enough. It's, exactly. Mm. You know, you keep pushing higher and higher and it would have gotten worse had I not, you know, taken the time to like just unpack it and deal with it. Exactly. Yeah. So do you feel now that that innate fulfillment, the fulfillment that one feels without attaching it to achievements and success and cars or whatnot do you feel that you have more of that now are you on the journey of kind of cultivating more of that now yeah yeah exactly I'm, I've I've kind of I used to take a lot of pride in being good at my job and that was where I kind of tied my sense of self-worth a little bit and mm -hmm. um, I've tried to separate that a good example is I'm actually interviewing on, on Monday for a, a full-time manager role and you know, normally I think I would be just a mess and nerves and not knowing if I was going to get it or not. But um, right now, I, whether I get it, like it would be cool um, and great and I'd be really excited. But if I don't get it, I don't think it's going to be as devastating. Um, like, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll be okay either way, which I think yeah. three months ago, that wouldn't have been the case. Yeah, that's so powerful. And that is how we sustainably rise actually right because so many women rise while sacrificing so much of themselves and there's actually a way to rise while sustainably also thriving in all areas and that's what you're describing this kind of non-attachment it's it's basically non-attachment it's like counterintuitive but like yeah. I used to try to control things and like yeah. you know I would waste so much time like speculating on these what-if situations and you know, when you kind of are able to let go, mm. then, you know, it's, you're not exerting so much energy. And, and another thing is, um, I think if I was trying to work long hours still, I, I don't think I would have been as successful as a, as a people manager because, mm. you know, me taking breaks and recharging and focusing on that, it allowed me to be at a hundred percent every day for my team and just be more strategic and efficient and, um, you know, I, I, mm. I don't think I would have been successful if I wasn't taking care of myself during this time. Yeah, for sure. What are some of the things that really will resonate with you further along the way? So maybe three core things that you're taking with you in the next months to kind of solidify what we've done. Yeah, that's a great question. Lots. Uh, little pieces come to me you know, throughout the day, actually. But the number one big one is I used to really struggle with when things weren't in my control. Um, mm. And I still catch myself struggling in that, that atmosphere to be completely honest with you. But um, just the number one lesson would be that you can't really control anything in life. And uh, so all you can control is how you react and adapt. And so that was a big, big learning, especially during COVID when so much is out of your control. Yeah. Um, so that's probably like number one. <laughs> um, number two, I'd say uh, is, it, this is another COVID related one, but you know, it's top of mind for everyone, uh, is I think I was trying to initially like just survive coronavirus, um, thinking of it as a temporary thing which, you know, as we all know, it's going to be around a little longer than everyone planned. But um, you had told me something like, you know, you can't wait for the perfect moment to, to be happy. You have to find moments of joy in this situation. Otherwise, it's going to be a really hard next year or two. And so it's kind of changed my mindset of not trying to like, 
just endure and survive this time, but really make the best of it and find joy and enjoy the extra family time mm-hmm. would be number two. Um, and then uh, another one that's top of mind is um, learning how to like separate myself a little bit from the negativity and other people's emotions. I'm super empathetic and I, I yes. caught myself taking on a lot of other people's problems and mm. um, like more so than my own in an unhealthy way. And uh, you know, like we're reading lots of news and just um, uh, so I've, I've gotten a little bit better about um, recognizing like what are my emotions and what are other people's emotions and kind of separating myself a little bit. Like you can still be, you know, there for people, but only when you have the energy to give and it's not like a detriment to yourself. Um, so just being really cognizant of um, not taking on other people's problems and, mm. and, and watching, like, I know I'm empathetic. So reading a bunch of really sad and terrible things in the news, I, I have to, to limit that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And that comes down again to this idea that we don't have to sacrifice ourselves mm-hmm. to to be able to thrive in life, right? And and you need, you need to develop a sort of trust in that, that even if I don't go overboard, if I don't tire myself with overgiving, I'll be okay. I'll be even more successful. But no, the first step is like, I'll really be okay. I don't, I'm good enough just like that. I don't have to sacrifice um yeah exactly yeah (laughs) (laughs) what do you think like with your journey now and everything you've gone through what you see in in your company and other companies as well what would you think a company would need to implement more of than what they normally or traditionally do in order to really really nip burnout in the butt so to speak and tackle the issue because i you know i see uh, I see a lack of joy and fulfillment like being normalized at work sometimes. And I would like to see that change in the next decade or two. So what do you think for companies in general would be needed to implement more? Yeah, I hear you. It's almost like in our culture, it's um, it's like a competition sometimes, especially in the work environment, like of who's busier. It's like a badge of pride for people. Mm. Um, And I think that in general, companies need to pay more attention to mental health. You know, Um, it's, it's not even just burnout. I see a lot of people struggle with stress, you know, anxiety, depression, all kinds of stuff. Um, uh, But burnout's a big one, just given our uh, 24 seven nature of in the U S probably in in the world. But um, I think it's, it's, it's a hundred times worse during COVID, you know, because there's, you know, people are home watching the news more. Um, it's a it's a global crisis. It's uh, a financial crisis. Um, it's it's hard to be home uh, mentally so much and um, and have so much out of your control. So I think it's triggering a lot of people uh, for mental health issues. Um, and I don't think that companies can solve like you know, like Microsoft couldn't have solved the underlying issue of me not feeling good enough. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do think that they could encourage, uh, companies can encourage things like work-life balance, keeping a pulse on people's workloads and, um, 
and uh, you know, are they using their vacation time? Uh, you know, you can see like when people are online at, at all hours and, and I think it's, um, it's partially what people are putting on themselves, but I think it's partially, you know, as a manager, you have to, you have to prioritize it and keep yes. a close pulse and, and have those honest conversations with people. And, um, and I think part of that is just building up that, that trust with, you know, the people on your team. So they feel comfortable telling you when they're, it's too much or, you know, they're not doing well during this crazy time. Yeah. Do you feel that anything of the approach that we used and the way that we were tackling burnout for you, um, maybe comparing to what you've been through before and what you've tried before or seen in other places, was there anything that you saw as new? I wonder if you, do you know what I mean by that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before we met, I, I had read so many articles on burnout mm -hmm. and um, I don't think a single one that I read mentioned like the underlying issue of not feeling good enough. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I've probably read like, I don't know, 50 articles on burnout, like mm. over the years. And that's pretty crazy because I think that that's the root cause of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's not planning enough vacations or, you know, I mean, those things help of course, but, um, but the underlying issue is I think with everyone who burns out is not feeling good enough. Exactly. Yeah. Beautifully said. All right. Thank you so much for this interview, Domina. I think it will serve a lot of people who need to hear this and maybe inspired by your own journey. Absolutely. Thank you so much over the last few months for your help. It's been, it's been a game changer in my life. And yeah, you were amazing. You really, really took this on and went for it, you know, really, who just works with the knowledge, implements it and yeah, creates that transformation for themselves. I'm really happy for you. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Have a beautiful day. Ciao. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. And I sincerely hope that you have learned something from this conversation. If you have any questions, remarks, doubts, or critique, feedback, please reach out to me. There are links in the show notes that help you navigate our website and ways to contact me. If you are a woman that feels called to work on this pattern, to really deeply shift it, then I invite you to book a free chat with me. If you feel excited about this conversation and you're learning new things, then I think this just might be the thing for you. I have two new spots for the summer, two openings women and I'm open to women who want to work on this in a four months package or a six months package deeply transforming the root cause in a mind body soul way I'm sending you so much love and I wish you a beautiful day bye for now